Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And our first verse will be from verse 19. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word together. We do so in Jesus' name, inviting the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide, setting ourselves as an act of our will to receive from your word and to be quickened by your spirit according unto your word. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to proclaim with boldness the knowledge of the truth that will make us and keep us free. We'll give you all the praise for all that's achieved among us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't believe anybody can really estimate the value of being spirit-filled and learning how to flow with the Spirit of God. I really believe that Jesus made it very clear to His disciples and followers that everyone needs to be filled with the Spirit and learn how to flow with the Spirit. As a matter of fact, He Himself said that unless I depart and go to be with the Father, the Holy Ghost will not come. And it's profitable for you, more advantageous for you, if I go and the Spirit comes. And boy, we can preach a lot just about that statement, couldn't we? See, He had to go and offer His blood and do all that He did up there for us to obtain an eternal redemption for us and then be seated at His rightful place at the Father's right hand so that the Spirit of God could come and then take the works of Jesus and make them a reality to every single one of us and then equip us and anoint us to continue His works upon this earth. You realize that that's what we're supposed to be doing is continuing the works of Jesus? You see, He couldn't be with everybody all at the same time as long as He was limited to His body here on earth. And so He had to go back to the Father and send the Holy Spirit so that He would inhabit every single one of us. Is there a benefit to that? You know there is, my friend. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, beloved, the Holy Ghost is right now unleashed. He is at work in the earth, and He is out there convincing the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Is He not? That's what He's doing right now. In other words, He has gone before us. He's in the earth right now touching hearts. He is trying to convince and convict people of their need of righteousness to let them know that sin will destroy them and Satan's already been judged and righteousness has been, made, has been made available to them. He's working on them so that then we could be equipped and anointed to tell them as witnesses of Jesus how to get saved. It was necessary, in other words, for the Spirit of God to be in manifestation in order for us to evangelize the world. Can you imagine trying to evangelize the world apart from the Spirit of the living God at work in the earth? It just wouldn't work. Well, beloved, if the early church needed the Holy Ghost and His power, so do we. Amen. If the early church had to learn to cooperate with the Spirit of God and move with Him, so do we. Just as they did. Well, if that's true, then I believe it's also true that there are certain things we can do to promote the Spirit of God and His moving in our midst, or there are certain things we can do that will impede His ministry. I'd rather do that which promotes than do that which impedes. What about you? Amen. Amen. 
And so I want to talk a little bit about that and share with you how we can promote our individual spiritual stimulation. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Quench not the Spirit. I want you to underline that word quench or highlight it there in your Bible. And what it means is to extinguish like a fire. You know, this church is equipped with a fire extinguisher. It's found in the narthex of the church over there by that door, that door there, and also the other door there. We have fire extinguishers that are here for the purpose of putting out fires. Amen? <laughs> you know my next point? We want those kind of fire extinguishers to stay. <laughs> but we don't want to have the kind that puts out the Holy Ghost fire. Isn't that true? It's sad to say, but there are many fire extinguishers in the church body today. <laughs> it is sad to say that many have set themselves up as fire extinguishers to put out the fire of God. And you kind of wonder why. Well, sometimes I believe they do it unknowingly, but you'll notice right here in the Bible, uh, they were told by the Apostle Paul to quench not the Spirit, and then he tells them how. Despise not prophesying. When the Spirit of God begins to move in the church upon individuals, whether or not you're assembled together or however He moves, don't despise that manifestation of the Spirit of God. See, sometimes there are those that don't understand the move of the Spirit and therefore they quench the move of the Spirit, not only in the lives of others but also in their own lives. And they just extinguish the fire of God in a person's life. You say, well, how can a person do that? Explain that. Well... You ever notice that when somebody first gets filled with the Holy Ghost and power and also fire, the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost and fire, you're being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, it's inevitable. Someone else comes along and says, that's not for the church today, that's of the devil. And the words that you spoke were probably just given to you by the devil. You shouldn't talk in other tongues like that. And what are they doing? They're trying to put out the fire. Now, they think they're doing the right thing by letting this person know because they've been taught otherwise, but yet they're doing that person an injustice and if that person's not careful, they can and will put out that fire. I've had people in my office that said, you know, when I first came to the Lord, I got baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke a few words out in other tongues. And then someone came along and told me that wasn't for the church today. I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just set that thing on the shelf. Their fire was put out before it ever really got ablaze. Can you see that? And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to set up people so that they would quench or help, you know, quench the fire and put it out so that God's people cannot stay on fire or will not stay on fire for God. Well, we don't want that. We don't want to impede the work of the Spirit of God by maintaining a disposition or an attitude that quenches or extinguishes the fire or the flames of God's Spirit. When one prophesies and you know it's of the Spirit, encourage that person to continue being yielded to the Spirit. When we assemble together like this here, come prepared. And if you'll come prepared, rather than impede, you will promote the working of the Spirit of God, not only in your life, but also among those that are in the body of Christ. And God wants us to, to do that. I want you to look at Acts chapter 7 and verse 51. Acts chapter 7. The book of Acts, of course, being the works of the Holy Spirit in the lives of individuals. 
helps us again to understand and see how we can impede or how many out there do impede the work or the activity of the Spirit of God. And in doing so, of course, they can quench the fire and put out the move of God. That's the job of the enemy and we don't want to accommodate him. We want to accommodate the Father. Amen? Amen. We want to keep anything that we're doing for God ablaze, on fire, anointed by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? We want to maintain a fervency of spirit and a spiritual attitude that's going to continue to promote the activity or the action of the Spirit of God in the midst of whatever it is that we are doing. You'll notice here in Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. That's pretty bold, wouldn't you say? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Now, you'll remember that, Paul, that Stephen rather is being stoned, about to be stoned. I mean, they were not happy with what he was saying, were they? No. Uh, they should have been because, you see, they were circumcised in their flesh but uncircumcised in their heart and ears. Did you get that? He was speaking to Jews. And they were circumcised in their flesh but they were uncircumcised in their heart and ears. Their spirit could not get what the Spirit of God was saying, although the Spirit of God was manifested to convince them of sin, righteousness, and judgment, they could not hear what Stephen had to say. And Stephen was preaching up a storm, like you say. I mean, he was anointed by the Spirit of God. He was preaching up a storm and telling them about Jesus, yet they would not listen. And so he called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised and heart and ears. Ye do always... Now notice... Another thing we can do to impede the move of the Spirit of God is resist. We can resist as well as quench. And to resist means to oppose or withstand a particular action. To oppose or withstand a particular action. Stephen was speaking the Word of God in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. As a result... The words he spoke fell upon deaf, spiritually deaf ears. Their hearts would not leave any room for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. He said they were resisting or opposing or withstanding. You know it takes effort to withstand something? It takes effort to oppose something? They were putting forth effort and energy to stand against what God wanted done. They were standing against the work of Christ. They were standing against the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They were standing against the shed blood of, of our Lord and Savior. They were standing or opposing the work of the disciples of the Lord as they were continuing the works of Jesus. They were resisting God. They had the whole thing backwards. The whole program was backwards. The Bible says resist the devil, not God. But because... Once again, they refused to open their hearts to Him. They resisted and they opposed and withstood what God was doing. The words of Stephen had no positive effect upon them. It was negative, that's for sure. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your Father did, so do ye. And then you know the rest of the story how they went ahead and stoned Stephen. Look at verse 59. 
And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. But I want you to see something. Even though these others were absolutely without any understanding or knowledge of this move and work of God, look at verse 56. No, let's, let's back up to verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. That's how you can impede the work of the Spirit of God, gnash on somebody with your teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. He's seeing the glory of God and all they see is rebellion. They're coming against the work of God. They're coming against the glory of God because they couldn't see it because of their hearts that were blinded and also their ears that were deaf. He saw heaven. He saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And then, as we already read, Stephen, forgive them and that's another way you can, you can promote the moving or the action of the Spirit of God in your individual life. If you harbor bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness in your heart, you will impede the action of the Spirit. You will notice that the, the Spirit of God and His activity was not impeded in Stephen's life because he had a forgiving spirit about him. If we want more action of the Holy Ghost, then we have to walk in forgiveness and walk in the love of God. And so they resisted and as a result they couldn't even see the things of God. But Stephen did. Look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Paul writing to Timothy in chapter 4 and verse 14. Another way to impede the Spirit, you can quench Him, you can resist Him, and you can also, thirdly, neglect Him. In 1 Timothy 4 and 14, Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. The word neglect means to give little attention to or little respect to. In other words, we can get so caught up in life's affairs and also we can develop certain attitudes in our own lives that could cause us to neglect the working of the Spirit of God in our lives. Every single one of us needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be as successful as God wants us to be in this life. And when we talk about success, we're not talking just about material success. We're talking about success in every way. Young people out there, listen to me carefully. Especially those of you that will be leaving high school, going on to college or whatever you know, field uh, God would lead you into. You can spend many years of your life wasting your time and your parents' money and your money and a lot of effort and energy and again, years of life if you don't listen to what God would have you to do with your life. 
it's more important to develop an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God and have Him light your path. Tell you exactly what He would have you to do. Because you see, the Father God holds the blueprint for your life in His hands. And the Spirit of God, Jesus said, will come to you and guide you into all truth. He'll speak to you what He hears of the Father. He'll show you things to come. In other words, He is in the earth today, in your life today, to unfold to you the will of God and the plan of God for your life. If you resist Him, if you quench Him, if you neglect Him, then He'll not be able to hand to you those blueprints and the drawings that you need. And you'll get out there and you'll try this and you'll try that and you can spend many years of wasted time without really preparing for the thing that God would have you to do. But if you'll promote His activity in your life, He can give you the direction that you need so that you don't have to spend a lot of time in waste and wasted preparation. God's Spirit wants to play a vital role in your life. In ministry, the same thing is true. Very often, many will set out just to do things the way you know they want to do things and really not take the necessary time to seek the face of God and allow the Spirit of God to bring the revelation of God's plan. And in so doing, they'll give birth to something that is really not of the Spirit and spend a lot of time, effort, energy, and waste a lot of money in doing something that is really not what God intended. And the problem will be this. It won't be anointed as it needs to be to get the job done for God. And then, of course, we've got to get back and find out what God would have us to do and start all over again. But we don't want to waste time because time is of the essence. Amen? So don't neglect, don't impede the Spirit of God through quenching, resisting, or neglecting. Give Him the attention that He needs. We, we've been talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and how we can enter into the holy place. I really believe that it's in that place, that place of worshiping God, ministering to the Father, and just palling around in His presence, spending time waiting upon Him that the Spirit of God begins to speak to the hearts of people. We see in Acts 13 how when they, that is the ministers that were there present, fasted and prayed and waited upon the Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke or the Holy Ghost said. It was in that place of worshiping God, ministering to the Lord, being in the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, that the Spirit of God spake and gave direction said exactly what God the Father wanted done. He said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the ministry whereunto I have called them. I believe in that place where you don't neglect, resist, or quench the Spirit of God in that place that you're in the Father's holiest presence by the blood of Jesus and you say, Father, I'm here to receive direction to my spirit, illumination to my mind, that the Spirit of God then begins to do what Jesus said He would do. He speaks to you Things that are to come. He shows you things and speaks to you what he hears of the Father. Now, Jesus said he would do that. We have to believe that he will. Can you say amen? 
I believe that He will, and we all should believe that He will. But to see, He can't do that if we don't do what is necessary to promote that. He may be telling you, get on your knees and pray about something. And let's say, we don't. We neglect. Neglect not the gift, we are told. Well, I neglected to do so. And then we went about doing certain things, and the things we went about doing were not necessarily what God wanted, and we could have avoided doing those things and did the right thing, but we didn't get the revelation of it because we didn't get before the Lord to find out exactly what He wanted, or we did not obey the voice of the Spirit. We neglected what He told us to do. We gave it little attention and little respect and little time. Oh, the Father wants us to highly regard and respect the Spirit of God in the earth today and also in our lives today. And you know what, beloved? If we neglect Him, that's not respecting Him. See, that's why we're meeting together and we're going to pray here tonight. We're going to seek the face of God tonight. We're going to promote the action and activity of the Spirit of God among us as a collective body. And even as a body, you know, you can neglect to do that. And if you do, you're not really giving the respect the Spirit of God deserves in our midst. See, God's work, we keep saying, is not achieved through human efforts alone. It requires or takes the Spirit of God moving upon us, in us, and through us to do what the Father wants done. And in order to have that kind of action and activity, then we have got to give place to His working and to His moving among us. Even in our personal lives, in our homes, our home lives and all that, we still have got to give place and not neglect the Spirit of God in the matters of life. When the early church was persecuted, beloved, instead of developing an attitude that moved them away from the Spirit of God and His activity, they did what was necessary to have a greater working of the Spirit of God among them. If we don't respond well in times of persecution, we will impede the moving of God's Spirit among us. We're all going to be persecuted for what we do for the Lord. We're all going to have persecution, whether it be from without or from within, because we are serving our God. How we respond in persecution is going to determine whether or not we impede or promote the Spirit of God and His activity in our lives. When Paul and Silas were persecuted for what they did for the Lord, they were cast into prison. They were persecuted, being persecuted, facing probably sure death. Rather than complaining and doing all that many probably would have done, they, instead of resisting the Spirit of God, entered into the holiest presence of the Father. It must have been their custom to do so in times of peace. I know so. Why? Because in times of adversity, where did they turn? They turned to the presence of God and they were not shaken by their experience, by their persecution, and by the accusations of their adversaries. They went right back into that holy place and they lifted their voice to God. And who began to move? The Spirit of God began to move upon the earth and delivered them and set them free. They did not impede the moving of God's Spirit. They promoted it. And they did that by responding properly to persecution. 
There was a time when uh, the disciples were whipped for the name of the Lord's sake. And rather than murmuring and complaining, the way they responded was like this. We count it a privilege and an honor to suffer shame for the name of the one who died for us. What a response, beloved. The enemy wanted, oh, what are we going to do now? Everywhere we go, we get whipped, we get beaten, we get persecuted, we get stepped on, we get spit on, and blah, 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 blah. What are we going to do now? Does that promote the activity of God's Spirit? A thousand times no. But when they say glory to God, the Bible says, when you're persecuted, rejoice and be glad because the glory of the Lord will rest upon you when you do. The natural thing is to do what? To complain. The supernatural thing is to do what? Rejoice and be glad. But you say, my feelings don't feel like doing that. I feel like feeling bad. But the Lord said... Rejoice and be glad, because in that day the Spirit of glory and of your God shall rest upon you. What do we do to promote the working of God's Spirit? We rejoice in times of persecution, whether it be from without or from within. And we promote it, praise God. Look at 2 Timothy. You're in 1 Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. These are some of the things that we can do to, to promote the activity of God's Spirit. In 2 Timothy 1.6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou ask God to stir up for you. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou, that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. To promote the action and the activity of the Spirit, beloved, we have got to stir Him up. And that means to rouse to activity or cause to move. We have Him on the inside of us right now. But we can rouse Him to activity and cause Him to move by our actions. You realize we can have the move of the Spirit of God every day? You realize we can have the activity of the Spirit of God every single day? It depends on us. Do we stir Him up or do we let Him rest? on the inside of us, being dormant and non-active. You see, it's up to us. We can promote His action and activity in our lives as we stir Him up, as we cause Him to move, as we rouse Him to activity. Well, how do we do that? We just said, by responding well in persecution is one way that we can do that. When we're persecuted, respond well. Respond properly according to the Word of God, not by our feelings or emotions. When things are not necessarily going our way and it seems like things are coming against us, rejoice, the Bible says, and be glad and count it all joy because the Spirit of glory and of your God will rest upon you. And the Spirit of glory is the Spirit of God manifesting Himself in us and through us. In our midst, we are promoting His activity. I want you to turn also to Ephesians chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse 18, 17 and 18. Another thing we can do to rouse to activity the Spirit of God and cause Him to move, and this is a very important thing, and I know what you're thinking. I know that Scripture, brother. You have preached that Scripture countless times. You've preached it so many, many, many times. You know, we know that inside, outside, upside down. Well, I've got some news for you. I'm going to share something with you that's going to bless your socks off tonight from these same Scriptures. 
Glory to God. In Ephesians 5, 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. The word excess there is in other translations, and I'll give them to you, is debauchery. And it means an extreme indulgence in sensuality. We are not to be controlled by our senses and our sensuality in such a way that we give no attention to the Spirit of God. That's what this is saying here. We can get so caught up in our senses, in our sensuality, in excess of feeling and emotion in such a way that we give no activity to the Spirit of God in our lives. Our senses can so dominate us and rule us just like a drunk person just lets go and opens up the door to anything that would come in his way. We are not to be given over to our senses in such a way that we let them go and have their way in our lives. God does not want us intoxicated in sensuality. He does not want us overcome by the flesh or by the feelings of our emotions in such a manner that we give no place to spiritual perception. He is saying that there's something that we can do as individuals to promote the moving, to rouse the activity of the Spirit of God in our lives so that our senses in perception spiritually would be awakened to know that God the Holy Spirit is at work speaking to me in a powerful way. You know, we can be, beloved, so caught up by our senses and emotions that we do not hear the voice of the Spirit. We don't even know He's at work. You know, there are sometimes in services like this here tonight, there can be those that can see God's Spirit moves and they don't even know He's moving. Don't even know He's at work. Especially those that are new to the moving of God's Spirit. Wondering what's going on. Well, what's the problem here? They've not been taught how to detect the Spirit of God. Their senses are not sharpened spiritually and quickened so they know that God's Spirit is at work. Same place, same building, same moving of God's Spirit. God doesn't want our sensuality to take over. He does not want us to be indulged in our physical senses or controlled by our sensuality. He wants us to rise to a place where we promote the activity of God's Spirit in our own individual spirituality by stimulating ourselves. Notice this. In the Spirit. It doesn't just happen. Beloved, this is a key thing here. Here's what he says. Speaking to 
yourselves. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs will sharpen your spiritual senses. Will rouse to activity the mighty ministry of the Spirit of God. Will promote His action in our lives. Speaking to yourselves. You see, beloved, every day we speak to ourselves, whether we want to admit it or not. Do you ever find yourself walking to the house saying, what am I going to do next? Now, I remember I had to do something here. Now, what was that? Do you ever find yourself doing things like that? Let me see. I've got to go by the store on the way home. What did she tell me to get? She told me to get some sauce and pastas and you know, stuff for sauce and things for meatballs and, you know. Okay. Cheese. i got to remember that. Do you ever do that? Do you ever find yourself doing that? Absolutely. You're talking to yourself. God wants us to speak to ourselves in songs. Someone says, that sounds so difficult. Well, here's a song for you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of His benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things. Hallelujah, that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as ever, he removed my transgressions from me. So bless the Lord, O my soul. You know what I just did? I roused to activity the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And hymns, if you want to sing a song, uh, uh, say a quote of hymn, whatever, a spiritual song. I like that one hymn. Oh, my goodness. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. Ah, that make my hair stand up just by saying that. I don't know about yours. Praise God for the crimson flow. What about you? I'm rousing to activity on the inside of me, God's Spirit. And don't stop there because you're doing that in English. And you know what? Spiritual songs. Glory to God for spiritual songs. Hallelujah. Spontaneous utterance of the Holy Ghost. You can sing out in the Spirit. Paul said, I will sing with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit. Right? And I'll sing with the understanding and pray with the understanding. Didn't he say that? I can do it both ways. I am rousing to activity as I sing out with other tongues. Come up with a cute little tune in the Spirit, praise God, and begin to sing it out. And you are rousing to activity the Spirit of God. Next time you know your wife says something to you, what are you doing today, honey? Well, first I'm going to take a few minutes to rouse to activity the Spirit of God. Amen. 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 So I'll see you in about five. And then get off in your little old corner somewhere and begin to stir up, praise God. Rouse to activity the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Cause Him to move. See, that's how you cause Him to move. I'm going to cause Him to move in my life, in this place. We can cause Him to move right here tonight by stirring up, praise God. Now, here's another truth that will bless you. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, notice when it says there, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Sometimes that, those things are blind. The more I really delved into that, I, I thought about it and I did some study and some research. I want you to listen to some other translations. 
singing and striking the strings with your heart unto the Lord. Did you get that? That's not just talking about singing a song. You know there are chords in your heart? I want to show you what he impressed upon me that this is talking about. That was Rotherham's translation. Look at another one. Coney Bears. And make melody with the music of your heart to the Lord. Did you get that? Make melody with the music of your heart. Remember Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will sing with the Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit by the Holy Spirit playing a tune on the inside of you unto God. It's getting the strings of your heart intertwined with the strings of God's Spirit and a tune coming out of your heart unto the Lord. It is rousing to activity the action and unction of the Spirit of God as your spirit begins to harmonize with the Spirit of God within. Oh, Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's talking about allowing your spirit man to have freedom of expression. You start speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and before you know it, your heart gets involved in strumming or playing the strings, hallelujah, by the Spirit of the living God. Your spirit man is singing out unto God. It's not just a song. It's a song of the heart. Hallelujah. And what will that do? It will cause to move the Spirit of God. It will rouse to action. And activity, the Spirit of God. This is to be a daily procedure in Spirit-filled Christians' lives. Amen, it is. Now you know why Paul and Silas, when they were cast into the innermost prison, what did they do? (coughs) They prayed and sang praises. Boy, I'd like to hear what they prayed. Probably something like, now, Lord, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He said, you redeem my life from destruction. Your word says, in my pathway is life and there is no death. I'm a doer of your word and so's Barnabas over here. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Paul and Silas, Silas over here. Silas is probably saying the same thing over in his corner of the cell. Oh, Lord God, you said in your word in the path of the righteous is life. And there is no death. I will live and not die and declare the work of God. You said you are my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I'm in trouble. But I'm turning my problem over to you because you also said you care about me watchfully and over me affectionately. You said, ask and I shall receive. You said, all things are possible to him that believeth. And therefore, O Lord my God, I'm just going to turn this problem over to you. 
We're going to unite our hearts together and give it over unto you. And we believe that we receive our deliverance by the mighty hand of your Spirit in this place. These chains cannot bind us. They cannot hold us. And let every prisoner in here know they too can be free by the power of the name that's above every name. And they got so excited. They roused the Spirit to activity, and they began to sing a song out of their heart. And they worshiped God from their spirit out of their innermost being. And God got so involved in the tune, He began to tap His foot on the earth, hallelujah, and broke the chains that bound them. Hallelujah. And everybody that was there was set free. God must have really liked that tune. I like a tune that gets God to dance it. Woo, glory to God, don't you? Hallelujah. Roused to activity. And I'm sure they sang out in, in, in spiritual song, songs too. Hallelujah. Why? Because he said, I speak in tongues more than ye all. More than all of you. That's what he said. And I will sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with my understanding. I'll pray with my Spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. Hallelujah. That's what he did. See, they stirred up the gift. They stirred up the Holy Ghost. And so can we. If we'll do these things, get your heart involved in particular, beloved. You'll stir up the gift of God and promote His moving and His action in your life. As a church body, we can do so. And on Wednesday nights, that's what we're going to do. Someone ask everybody to come up here and do your part to promote the activity of God's Spirit. If you want to be stimulated spiritually, you've got to promote your own. And I've got to promote my own. Hallelujah. I can do it and so can you. Can you say amen? amen. We can get caught up in the Spirit. We can get lost in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Just as they could. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.